Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. That And there's others that are betwixt and between and, and, and trying to get homes and sell homes and so on and so forth and burning the candle at both ends and in between. Amen. The Cook family's been doing that, and so we're glad that they're able to be here this morning. Know that they've been very busy with a lot of different obligations and things on their plates as well. Amen. And to all of our guests, glad to have you. Amen. This morning as well. We're continuing this morning. Something started a long time ago and just been kind of hitting them along the way uh, with our, our Myth Busters, what's called our Myth Busters uh, series uh, this morning. And if you will, if you'll stand with me and we'll, for the reading of the word of the Lord, we'll turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. Uh, just continuing with our Myth Buster series uh, today. And we'll look at a scripture here and uh, see, see what it what it has to say this morning we're going to be looking at the phrase today this this particular phrase amen one to be wrestled with this morning and that is God has a blueprint for my life we're going to consider this today God has a blueprint for my life Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11 this is a very popular popular verse popular scripture particularly around this time of year when people are graduating from uh, high schools and colleges and higher education and such or uh, maybe even people just getting promotions on a job or various, various means by which people reach back to the Old Testament and pull this scripture out and say, well, there you go uh, type of mentality. I want to read it today and let's just consider some of, uh, of these things concerning the statement God has a blueprint for my life. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, in verse 11 it says for I know the thoughts that I think toward you saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end if I read one more time for I know the thoughts that I think toward you saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end Amen. Again, consideration this morning. God has a blueprint for my life is what we're considering here. Amen. Today. And also as a reminder, this is fifth Sunday. We're having service this morning. Amen. But there will be no service tonight. Amen. So uh, make the most of it here in the next few minutes. Amen. In the house of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, I love you. God, I appreciate you this morning. I pray, oh Lord, open up our minds and our understanding, God, as we would consider the word of the Lord in this phrase today. I pray, oh Lord, that you're able to help us. God, I know, Lord Jesus, that you, Lord, bring enlightenment. Your word, Lord, has a sense of, Lord, self-revelation, Lord Jesus, to it. I pray, oh Lord, today, help us, God, to consider this. Lord, direct and order our steps and our path. God, in the next few moments, Lord, concerning the word of the Lord, God, and we'll praise you and thank you for it. in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray amen and amen everybody say amen. amen amen you may be seated this morning in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah perhaps has this been told to you before that God has a blueprint for your life or maybe not in those terms that God has a plan for your life or a purpose for your life I think maybe to a certain degree we have all heard that 
uh, at some point in time in our life that God had a plan for us or a direction for us. I've noticed through these, uh, these different phrases that we are investigating that there is a lot of quibbling over the individual words that are used in the phrase. Uh, meaning like last week whenever we uh, were, were, were considering that a godly home guarantees uh, godly kids, a lot, of, a lot of the tipping point for that phrase was the word guarantee. Uh, basically promising or ensuring or assuring uh, godly kids. And we come to an understanding through the word of the Lord that that phrase is not always, you know, use words like always and never, you know, that leaves no exceptions. And so we understand that that isn't always the case. Amen. That there's sometimes godly homes, there's kids that come from that are Ungodly doesn't mean that the teaching wasn't there. doesn't mean the instruction wasn't there. Uh, it just means that there is the will of choice that happened and things happen. And so this morning, seeing that there's, there's tipping points with these phrases, I'm going to point out the phrase that is the tipping point this morning or what some consider to be the tipping point. And I'm just going to tell you right from the onset today that I, I'm going to lean toward the avenue of God. God has a blueprint for my life not being necessarily confirmed, not being necessarily busted, but I'm just going to call it plausible today, all right, because of, 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 of how much you can put on just one word. And that is the word blueprint for my life. And it's according to how you really define blueprint about whether or not uh, this phrase would be true or possible or untrue. Uh, because in some, some, some details concerning a blueprint within itself, it's defined like this, a detailed outline or plan of action. Everybody say a detailed, a detailed outline, plan, or action. They also, though, also other places it says that the term blueprint is also used less formally to refer to any plan. So meaning something that may be less detail-oriented. And so with that being the case, if you consider the phrase, God has a detailed plan for my life uh, with this type of mentality, and some people buy into and adopt, and that is God has the exact person's name that I'm supposed to marry, the exact job that I'm supposed to have. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, the exact home and address that I'm supposed to live at. And so looking at a very detailed plan, God, and so we sometimes put ourselves uh, with, with, with ulcers and we're worrying and fretting. I don't know if I'm supposed to live at 732 Ficklin Street or 102 North Main Street because God has a plan. Is everybody okay? All right, I'm not trying to make anybody nervous right up front here today. You're already thinking about going to the post office and putting in, we've moved card or anything. That's not, I'm just saying the way that people interpret these things of God having a plan that it, it is so, some people have adopted it that it's so uh, ingrained in them, you know, should I have chicken salad or tuna salad for lunch? I really need to seek God, you know, after whether or not which one this should be. And God God is not going along and dictating every step in our life. If so, we would not then be people of free will and free choice, which we know he solidified right in the very beginning with the garden. He even made the possibility for choice, although we had all these trees you can eat of, there was still the one, the exception, if you will, that you should not eat of, but he still gave Adam and Eve the will of choice. To make a decision amen and they did flub up amen but let's start turning the page from genesis to revelation and see how many people flubbed up yeah. 
But ultimately, in the end, the finish, the will of God was still performed for their life. Amen. And what that should do for us is give us great, great confidence and peace and hope. Thank you, Sister Angie. I love when she's here. And hope to know that if we have made a decision that did not parallel with what God uh, describes even His Word, there's still hope. That doesn't mean that the will of God for your life is totally disbanded, thrown away. There's no way that there can be an outcome favorable toward that. But there's still an opportunity for that to turn around. A scripture that we have all time, and I believe it's one of Bishop's perhaps favorite scriptures, is of Romans 8, 28, Brother Zach. Brother Zach's on the fly with me this morning for scriptures. But Romans 8, 28, where the Bible states these words, and we know that all things work together for good. To them, I understand this part, that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. Do you know there's people that love God that make mistakes? There's called people to certain offices that make mistakes. But as long as you're trying to live in accordance with God and his word, that does not mean you're not going to fail at times. And there's times you're going to make wrong decisions or because of indecision indecision was the wrong decision all right that is not to say that god cannot even take the bad the bleak the black marks in our life take those this is the awesomeness of our god he can take those and by his handiwork work together still yet a purpose and a will and an outcome that he has desired and hoped that your life would turn in that direction we have illustrations too many to count among us this morning me included where we've made mistakes amen had some flub ups in our life but the will of God is still being bent out in our life because God can take even the raw material of our lives he did not take perfection and bring us to the perfect will many instances he has taken imperfection and he's working it toward his will and his purpose as long as we are allowing Amen. Our will to be, if you will, influenced by his will. Now, this verse of scripture, so, so a blueprint detailed or at other times just any, any, any plan. As a matter of fact, uh, whenever I worked at the surveying company, there was a few times that I had to go down uh, t downtown Evansville and actually get an old-time blueprint made. It was just a great little experience, and you got high while you was inside of that place from the chemicals that was taken. But it was quite interesting. You, know, they, you have all these lines and stuff on a piece of paper, and then whenever it comes out the other side, everything else is blue and the lines are white. And so it would be a little bit more difficult to add new information to that blue background uh, but even people that have their blueprints, they have something after the fact sometimes where there were changes made even to the blueprints and you go back and you have something called as-built changes, a plan called as-built changes, meaning the changes that were made as it was built. And so you, you compare those to the original and there were some changes that took place and it has happened. And so it's not to say a blueprint, maybe it's not changed by etching on the paper, but there's changes made in the finished product. All right, amen, that go back and, and measure it. And what happens is this, the changes that are made, they still meet the tolerances. They still meet the code specifications. They still meet all these other things, but there is some leadway within that 
about what is still correct or incorrect according to the code and according to the tolerances. And I believe that God in our own lives, God has a plan for us, yes. One thing I know for sure, it's not his will, the Bible says, that any of us should perish. You know what the sad story is? Some of us are going to perish. But that wasn't his intent. That was not his design. That was not his will. It's not his will for any of us to perish. But we all have this choice. We all have the free will of choice to do uh, what, what, what we would like to do. And that's the cardinal rule that I've stood on for years as I've grown older and older. And that is I understand people will do what people want. People want to do. Amen. And so with that being said, so we, we, this verse is given out oftentimes in Jeremiah 29 and 11, graduations, people going through things in their life. Hey, uh, God has, he has, he has thoughts, he knows thoughts that he think toward you, uh, thoughts of peace, not of evil to give you an expected end. And what we have done many times with the scripture, and which is an error with many times with any scripture, is taking a verse out of its context, just taking it and say, well, this is what it says. Well, there's some phrases I could say this morning that you could just take that one phrase out of this lesson and say, listen to what he said. And it would be true within itself, but within the context of what I'm saying, amen, uh, uh, it, it changes the whole meaning. With that being said, Jeremiah the prophet, the weeping prophet, he is speaking to the house of Israel at this time, a house of Israel that is on the verge of being taken into captivity. 70 years of captivity away from their home, away from their land, under the authority of another, if you will. He even tells them that, I believe it is, in verse number, verse number 10 of that same chapter. It says, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you before my good word toward you and caution you to return to this place. Then he says, For I know the thoughts. It goes into then, then I know the thoughts that I think toward you. But here we miss the whole aspect that Jeremiah told him, you're going to captivity. You're going to captivity. Why are you going to captivity? Because you didn't listen to the voice of God. You wasn't obedient to God. And you're going to 70 years of captivity, but he follows it up with, I know the thoughts, I know the plan that I have toward you, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end, to give you an expected end. Uh, uh, the original reads like this, for I know the purposes which I'm planning for you, says Jehovah, purposes for peace not for evil to give you a future and a hope amen and so countless times this is quoted for people who are struggling with discerning the will of God for their life amen but he was addressing not a individual he was addressing individuals he was addressing the whole house of Israel the word you there in verse 11 in the text is plural in the Hebrew language. It is plural. It's not just a specific person, but a specific nation, the whole house of Israel. And, and, and if, if <laughs> I'm not from down south, but if you were from down south, it would be the plans that I have for you all. Or you ones. <laughs> the plans that I have for you all, he says, is for evil. It's not for evil, but it's for good. It's for hope. And so in that, in 70 years, God, in 70 years, there's going to be a displacement of time. They're going to be under taskmasters and people telling them what to do. But Jeremiah says, through the word of the Lord, I have a plan for you. In 70 years, look at that. 
He probably had a plan then, but it wasn't going to come to fruition until 70 years from that point in time because they were going to be captives. Amen. The beauty of it all, it was beginning then, but it wasn't going to reach its finality or fruition total end until the end of those 70 years. Its fulfillment would have been then. Amen. Some of them wasn't even going to be around then. Amen. God has a plan. God has a will. But not so much so, again, that he dictates every one of our steps. The Bible says in Proverbs 16 and verse number 9, Proverbs 16 and verse 9, that a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth. Everybody say directeth. Directeth his steps. The Lord gives us direction directs our steps not necessarily dictate our steps it's absolutely important amen uh you know sometimes we just need direction which way did he go he went that way now that gives you a direction compared to over here but it doesn't dictate every step from here to there it gives you direction and so the lord is very good about that we have certain things in our lives that give us direction don't we we have his word his word allows and gives us direction in our life. Amen. Hopefully the men of God that's preaching in the pulpit, I hope so. God help me. You know, help also with that direction that we're trying to give. Amen. And many times there might be things that are dictated steps, but there's a lot that God just gives direction to. Amen. Allows us to walk, amen, according to the direction that he would have us to go. And so if I leave here today and I have chicken instead of a hamburger, I think everything's going to be okay. I don't think I've jumped off the edge of the, pref the, 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 the cliff there and I've stepped out of the will of God because I chose chicken today instead of hamburger. You know, I don't believe God has every meal, uh, you know, laid out for me for the, the endurity of my years here upon this earth. Amen? Amen. So he knows the plans that he has for me. And notice what Jeremiah says. And he tells to these people that are even going in captivity later in the chapter. You know what he told them? This is what the Lord told him to tell them. He says, you people that are going into captivity, he says, build houses. He said, plant vineyards. He says, go on and marry among your kind, your people. But notice, look what's happening there. The Spirit of the Lord that has a plan, thoughts for them, for good, not evil, says, build houses, direction. He did not say, build a 10 by 10 house with a thatched roof, mud daubed walls. He didn't say that. He said, plant a vineyard, direction. He did not say, make sure it's soybeans, the rows are two feet apart. You understand what I'm saying? God gave direction and then left it up to the individual with the choice of all the particulars that are in between. Amen. And so we can get ourselves in a nervous wreck. Amen. Concerning the will of God for our lives. If the will of God falls within the... If what you are doing falls within the direction of God. Does that make sense? If what you are doing falls within the direction of God, you need to set yourself at peace with God. Amen. There, then the, the, the opposite of that would be, if what you are doing is even outside of the direction of God, now there's where you need to become concerned. There's where you need to become worried about what you may be or may not be doing. 
whenever we consider a plan for your life. Now, we know that God made a plan for the whole nation of Israel. We understand that. But what about for your life in particular? In your life in particular, does God have a detailed plan for your life? Well, when we look at some people in Scripture and begin to consider them, we look at Jeremiah, and we'll go to those verses here in a little bit. We look at Jeremiah, and the Bible spoke of Jeremiah, how the Lord had ordained him a prophet even while he was in his mother's womb. When we read about, when we read about Samson, a man whose, whose mama was barren, couldn't even have a kid, uh, the Bible speaks that whenever she was to have a kid, he's already telling her he's not to eat, uh, have any strong drink. Uh, he, he's trying, she, he starts to give her all of the, 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 the qualifications, criteria for a Nazarite vow, even before that child is born. Whenever, before John the Baptist is even born, he is even ordained a prophet and a forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before he's ever <gasps> taken his first breath. Amen. But again... This is God-given direction. Amen. Jeremiah, you're going to be a prophet. Now, what is, what is the path? What is the conditioning between birth and achievement? <laughs> could be jagged. You understand what I'm saying? The, the, the direction could be a little bit different for each prophet. But he said the direction is a prophet. Did Jeremiah become a prophet? Yes, we have plenty in the book of Jeremiah that reveals to you and I that he became a prophet. But God did not dictate every step along the way to his, and let me, I'm careful when I say this, to his perfect will. We have the idea in, in our minds when we read the word perfect that it's, it, it, it's without, uh, without error, uh, it's untouchable, it's blameless, so on and so forth. But again, Many times whenever the Lord spoke of perfect in Scripture, he is speaking about maturity. But if I can, can we go to Romans 12 too, just for the sake of it? Romans 12 too, the Bible states these words and then talking about the will of God or even about the word perfect. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I would say that that's God's purpose and plan for each and every individual. Uh-huh. Not, not, not to be conformed, but be trans that for everyone. That ye may prove what is that. Everybody say good. And everybody say acceptable. And everybody say perfect. Will of God. Perfect. The word perfect there in other instances in the New Testament scripture means the finished or complete. The complete, the finished will of God or the complete will of God. Let me state this today. The will of God is not finished in my life. He says, and I want to know what the will of God is. Well, maybe we just need to see what the will of God is for today. Because the will of God is not complete in my life. Amen. And I don't know if it ever will be complete until this life is over. For if you consider the Apostle Paul and his trajectory of life, here he is, a persecutor of Christians. He comes to his conversion. His name's changed to Paul. He feels very deeply rooted in his spirit that he must, he must go to Jerusalem. There's different people telling him, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. When you go there, you're going to be in chains. Even, even a prophet, Agabus, came down and said, whoever this is, you're going to be bound. Paul goes on. Here's an important thing concerning your purpose and your plan. Don't allow people, don't allow people to dictate what God's will is for your life. They're saying, Paul, you're going to be bound. Paul, you're going to have all this stuff happen to you. You don't need to go to Jerusalem. Paul says, I'm going to Jerusalem. I must get to Jerusalem. What happened? He went to Jerusalem. He did become bound. 
Amen. He even made his plea to Caesar. What happened? He was going to have to go to Rome as a result of that. He's thrown on a ship. Look, just bear with me here for a moment. He's thrown on a ship. That ship meets shipwreck. Uh huh. Listen to me though. Paul was in the middle of a storm, even founded on an island, and was in shipwreck, got bit by a snake, but was in the will of God. Amen. So don't just count just because the storms came. Amen. You've been bitten by a serpent. <laughs> don't just count because all things are happened then that you're out of the will of God. Paul had all these things and he was right in the will of God. So he goes to Rome. The Bible also speaks to us that he also desired that he would go even unto Spain. But you know what? Paul died before he ever got there. His life was taken before he ever got there, but he was in the pursuit of it. So God's will is continuously being worked out in our life, and so the perfect will of God is to finish the complete will of God. But he says, look, you've got to prove what is that good and good and acceptable, perfect, all those. Those are not nouns there. Those are adjectives that's describing the will of God. You must see, prove what is that good will of God, that acceptable will of God, that perfect, finished will of God of God and I believe at times in our life we vacillate among those three about where we're living concerning what God has intended for our life it's good sometimes we're living in the good will of God there's other times that we're living in the acceptable will of God uh-huh God's saying yeah that that's okay that's still within the direction it's not like where I'd really like you to be but that's you're not like sinning right there where you're at all right, and there's other times we're in that finished or more so completed will of the Lord. Amen. Someone say amen. Yeah. Amen. So uh, again, I believe the idea of God having a plan or a purpose for life. Yeah, that's that's plausible in the sense that He has an overall plan for us, but He's not necessarily dictating every step because to do so would transgress the fact of us having a free will. It would be us as puppets on the strings. God's already written this big book, and we're just players and characters in it that's just you know we really don't have a choice that's truly our own amen that is not the case amen with the lord concerning jeremiah if we'll look at that jeremiah 1 and verse number 4 and 5 the bible states these words concerning the lord talking about him knowing him before he was born and in his mother's womb the bible says then the word of the lord came unto me saying man i gotta stop right there you know why i need to stop there because later god says i've ordained you a prophet and we're talking about the will of God and how we need to live for the will of God of today. Do you know how, and I, I didn't count them or did have anything else count it for me. Do you know how many times that in the prophets, in, in the prophets, made Jeremiah, but Jeremiah in particular, it says, and the word of the Lord came unto me saying, what is that? That's God sharing direction in the moment for Jeremiah and what he should or should not be doing. And the word, Ezekiel, I think Ezekiel more than any of the prophets, he is all the time saying, and the word of the Lord came unto me, saying. Now listen, folks, God speaks to you in different ways. Someone says, well, I've never heard the Lord say like I'm speaking right now. Angie Craig, thus and so. Sometimes, sometimes the word of the Lord speaking to you is through his word. Sometimes the word of the Lord speaking to you is through teaching and preaching. Sometimes the word of the Lord speak, or sometimes the word speaking to you is through the prompting of that Holy Ghost that you have inside of you. 
And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, let me tell you where he works other times. It's called your conscience that each and every one of us have and God has ordained from the very beginning. Amen. I know it's hard to realize in today's world, but he did set that, he did sit, set that moral compass called our conscience in our lives. I know it seems to be greatly more shaded than what it's ever been in humanity, more detached, but he did set somewhat of a moral compass in our lives through our conscience okay then the word of, let's go on jeremiah 1 4 then the word of the lord came unto me saying verse 5 before before he says i formed thee in the belly i knew thee that's great and before thou camest forth out of the womb he said i sanctify thee and he says i ordain thee a prophet unto the nations god says jeremiah he said i formed you he said i knew you and we're not spin, spin telling off here, but is, is there life before exiting the womb? He said, I formed you, I knew you. He said, I, sanctify, I separated you. I, sancti I sanctified you and I ordained you. That's what he told Jeremiah. And so then Samson the same. Samson, you're going to be a deliverer for Israel. You know something that's very peculiar about the Lord? Whenever he needed to deliver or a prophet or so on and so forth, you know what God did oftentimes? He reared up a child. He reared up a child. Rather than altering or the direction of someone that was already in existence, oftentimes he brought a child from an unlikely possibility of barrenness in order to do the work that he needed to do. He ordained them for a purpose. Speaking of somebody else ordained for a purpose or a plan in their life, Consider, if you will, King Cyrus who told the Jews that they could go back to Jerusalem and rebuild their temple. And Isaiah, through prophecy, spoke of Cyrus hundreds of years before he was ever born and before he was ever named, but called him by name. Now, you want to talk about having a purpose and a plan. There is a poster child, King Cyrus, a man for that now how did he get there well the trajectory might be muddled but God has the ability of working all things amen working all things amen for his good another tremendous tremendous chapter that I, I adore and love amen and it's one I think years ago my uh, uh, my my wife's grandmother gave her kind of you know if you ever given your child saying this is your scripture your, your verse that her grandmother gave her this one that was Psalms 139 where it gets into the Psalms, it begins to speak about a child before it is born. Psalms 139 and verse number 13. Amen. David is crying out. Amen. Some particulars about God and says, For thou hast possessed my reins. He says, Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Man, God's interaction in our life is not just whenever life, amen, begins outside the womb, but before it ever began in the womb. He said, you had my reins, you covered me in my mother's womb. Look at verse 16 at Psalms 139. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there were none. There was none of them. That's the awesomeness of our God this morning. Now, concerning, well, okay, we got, we got some decisions to make. We got decisions to make. And I, I, I want to be in God's will. I want to make the right decision. I want to make the right decision. 
Here is something, and if you've ever come to me asking for uh, some direction or counsel, this is probably something you've heard come out my mouth, so I'm sorry for the, the, the <clears throat> repetition today. But I oftentimes go to Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Amen. This is what I tell them. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all, everybody say all, all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now let me, let me talk to you about verse number six. If you are acknowledging the Lord in all of your ways, mm -hmm, if you're acknowledging the Lord in all of your ways, you're being mindful of God. You're being mindful of God. You're being mindful of God's character. You're being mindful of God's plan. Mm -hmm. You're being mindful of God's wishes. Whenever you make choices and decisions, you're making them based off that relationship that you have with God. And so he directs your paths in the way that since I'm acknowledging God in my life, trying to abide by the Lord, his plan, his purpose, the choices then that I make, the choices then that I make, do nothing more but support that plan and support that purpose. But it takes a relationship with the Lord. Now, if we're self-centered, if we're self-centered, which if you're without God, I guarantee you there's going to be a degree of self-centeredness in us if we're without the Lord. But if you're self-centered, you're going to go according to the way that you think right. But if you're in a relationship, right? Uh, let's break it down again here, folks. Relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiancés, husband, wife, right? In that relationship, you try to do things that are supportive, pleasing to your spouse or loved one. Fiancés, where do you want to go eat? I don't know, it doesn't matter. Where do you want to go you really want to go somewhere, maybe. But what are you trying to do? There's that bending and buckling of trying to find the common ground to be pleasing to one another. And so your way, <laughs> your ways are directed by the one that you're in love with. Amen? Oh, yeah. And it has nothing to do with him pecking. Somebody, the old boy said, he said, it has nothing to do with him pecking. I just so happen to like the one that's doing the pecking. I'm telling you right now, it has nothing to do with him beckoning. Amen. Whenever you fall in love with the Lord, when you fall in love with the Lord, your decisions, what you do, don't do, are going to be largely based upon that relationship that you have with God. So I don't have to be fearful of every decision I make every day if I'm acknowledging God in my life, in my paths, in the way that I live. Because if I am, I'm going to make a decision that he'll be proud of. Because... I'm in a love relationship with him and I'm going to do whatever pleases him anyway. I, I'm trying to keep the Paul McGee factor laid aside and I have he, he, him in mind and, and, and his ways in mind and his plan in mind. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just the way that it is. It's just the way that it is. Amen. The Bible even tells us it's not in man. It's not in man himself. Amen. He said, I know the way of man is not in himself. It's not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Man has a plan. Man has a plan. 
Amen. But his goings are of the Lord. His goings are of the Lord. Could someone say amen? I don't know of anyone, I don't know of anyone through the Scripture that at birth had the whole script given to them about their life, the whole script, every turn, every juncture. I, I don't know. I don't know of anyone that had the whole script. And the reason why I know that because I see so many times where they're talking to God about what's going on in their life. <laughs> Job didn't have the whole script. <laughs> David didn't have the whole script. All the time crying out to the Lord, Lord, if you could just do this or if you'd show up. He didn't have the whole script. If he did, there would be no need. Huh? There'd be no need for consultation. Oh, I've already got the manual right here. Yes, on today, today it's hot dog and relish day. <laughs> That's what it is. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. So, yes, I believe God has a plan for us. God has a plan for us. Amen. God does, and I've stated this before, but it bears repeating today. God does have a plan for his church God does have a plan for his church now you have a free will to be a part of that or not to be a part of it amen amen go back to Romans 8 brother Zach verse number 28 if you will and before we go there let's go let's go to 1 Corinthians 7 39 and I want to just show again the Lord, gives, the Lord gives a plan, but within, within the context of the plan allows us a choice. In 1 Corinthians 7, 39, he's speaking of a woman whose husband has died. He says that if your husband's died, then you have the right, the okay to remarry till death do us part. You know, what God put together, let no man put asunder except God. And he said, whenever that happens, you have, you have the ability, you're at liberty to be married. Look at the statement here. You're at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. The direction that God gave was in the Lord. The choice, he said, to whom she will. Whomever she will, her choice, as long as she stays within the direction that it's in the Lord. Class act for giving direction, but still allowing a choice within the perimeters of the direction. Amen? All right, Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 28. i got to move on today. I've already let a few minutes pass by. Romans 8 and verse number 28. Go back there, Brother Zach. Eight more verses down, if you will. He's getting there, folks. The, again, nope, he's not. Okay, well, I'll get there by the word of the Lord. There he is. He's quick. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And we go on to verse 29. Can you add a verse for me? Verse 29. And the Bible says, And whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That he might be the firstborn among any brethren. He said, For whom he did foreknow. Let me just real quickly. Talk about, talk about the foreknowledge of God, the foreknowledge of God, and the predestination of God. Because the concept is some people believe that their lives are predestined. You're predestined for heaven, you're predestined for hell, so on and so forth. I'm going to talk about the foreknowledge of God, predestination of God. God has a knowledge of the future. The Bible says he knows the end from the beginning. He has a knowledge of it. It does not say that he dictates the path. Amen. 
Before he created man, he knew that man would fall into sin. He knew that for knowledge of God. He knew that. Amen. At that time, I even say he already had planned Calvary because it's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He already knew. He already knew all of this stuff. But the foreknowledge of God does not affect or influence what happens in your life and my life. I've given this illustration before. It bears repeating for the subject matter today. As I approach a red light, I have a foreknowledge. I have a foreknowledge that it's going to turn green. I do. Unless there's something malfunctioning, that light is not going to be in a perpetual state of redness. It is going to turn green. I have the knowledge that it's going to turn green. But my knowledge that that light is going to turn green does not affect when or how it turns green. All right? My knowledge doesn't influence. It's like me having knowledge of it. You know, I've got this mind game going on. Hey, I'm three seconds. I'm getting toward it. Change light. Yeah, there we go. Woo! No. doesn't influence that. And so God's foreknowledge, God's foreknowledge does not remove our free choice and our free will. Amen. Although he has a knowledge of things to come. Now, whenever you talk about predestinate, to predestinate means to foreordain, to determine in advance, to plan ahead of time with no possibility of alteration. It's like you're locked in. There's no change. Note the scripture again. Romans 8, 29. Are you there? Yeah, you're there. Thank you, buddy. Amen. The Bible says, for whom he did for no, the whom, the word whom is plural. Whom is plural. It is referring to the Romans. He's writing here in the book of Romans. More particularly, the group of Romans that he's writing to in the book of Romans is the church in Rome. The church in Rome. So we have a group of Romans, namely the church that he is speaking about, the whom, the plurality. He foreknew in whom, for whom, the Romans, the church at Rome, he did foreknow. He foreknew the church. He foreknew this group of people of Romans that were a part of the church. Amen. And predestinated them, not the individual. And whenever I say predestinated them, let me clarify. He predestinated the church. The church. Amen. The church. See, predestination has to do with a purpose of God or a plan of God. But that purpose and plan is for the grouping, just like it was in Jeremiah for the whole nation of Israel. Amen. This was a plan that he had for Israel. Now, people could come or be a part of the plan, and that affected their life. But this was going to be the plan for Israel. God has a plan for his church. He's predestinated a plan for his church. His church, his glorious church, that's without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, is the church that he's coming back for. The plan and the purpose that he has for his church is whenever the trump sounds and he comes back, he's taking his church back with him. That's what he's done for the church. Amen. He's predestinated the church. He has foreknowledge concerning the church. But concerning you and I, he has not predestinated us to heaven or hell. But if you're a part of the church, you're a part of a predestinated plan. He has a plan for you, and that's heaven if you're a part of the church. Because that's where he's taken his church. So if you're a part of the church, that's where he's taken you. But if you're not a part of the church, that's not where you're going. Because you're not a part of what he said is going to heaven. So God has a plan for your life for sure if you're a part of the church because if you're a part of the church, his plan for you is to take you to glory, take you out of the sin-stained world, to set you free.
read from this life that you know. But if you're not a part of the church, you're not a part of that plan. Amen. So predestination has to do with the purpose. The Romans, the church is predestined to conform to the image of his son. That is, that would be the plan and purpose and will for each and every one of us that we would be so. Amen. When we talk about foreknowledge, it was the whom, the plurality of individuals, namely in the context which it was being spoken in Romans, speaking to the Roman church or the church, if you will, at Rome. Amen. Amen. Someone say amen. All right. Go down here just a little bit. The Bible speaks even concerning Isaiah. In Isaiah 49, verse number 1, verse number 5 as well. Prophet Isaiah is speaking. Another prophet, he said, Listen, O owls, unto me, and hearken. Ye people from far, the Lord hath called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother. He hath made mention of my name. Down to verse 5, and he says, And now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob, that is Israel, again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. Again, here's another prophet. He says, in the womb. It says, you have formed me from the womb to be your servant. Again, that's direction. But it's not saying, you know, Isaiah, if you're not living at such and such place at such and such time in your life, you're out of the will of God. Amen. <clears throat> you need to be comfortable with the direction of God and make choices within the direction of God and still feel as though we are in the will of God. For, for instance, I'm trying to tread softly. I want to choose my words carefully. You know, even coming up as a, a kid to, uh, you know, marry my wife, you know, that's a major decision, of course, in life, who you're going to spend the rest of your life, you know, with. Amen. And I'm just throwing this out here for fodder, for thought. But I'm, I love my wife. Honey, I love you. Adore her greatly. But I'm, are you with me? Someone, someone's going to really take, this is one of those statements you could take out of context this morning and run to the bank with it. So someone's going to hurt me right now. I don't know if Brother Terry that if I married some other girl that was just as much in church as my wife was, are you listening to me? If I had done that, if I'd been out of the will of God. I'm just saying. All right? I'm just saying. This is how, this is how, we, this is how we do this. You know, we, we, get, we get bound down sometimes to all of the... the, 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 the you're telling me you're telling me that your life is going to go amok because you, you married another good Christian individual in the church? Well, they could make a mistake. Well, so could you. Try to find one that would not. 
You understand what I'm saying? He say, oh, this is the one. This is the one that God has ordained from the beginning of time for me. Their name has been written on my heart. Yeah, so did bologna sandwich for every Wednesday. I mean, come on. Okay, can I... I'm just trying to talk about how we think. Yeah, trying to talk. <laughs> well, this is just great. Just trying to talk about how we think. For instance, listen, and another thing, we're talking about the plan of God, the purpose of God, the will of God. You know, God may have a will for you, but it isn't for now, but it could be for later. Again, we look at the, the, the apostle... Uh, Paul it was so I'm going to go to Bithynia or I'm going to go over here the Bible says the spirit so no you can't go there he was going to go into certain parts of Asia spirit smote him said no there was a call from Macedonia that came they were in need and so he went there in two instances in just a few verses the spirit directed him otherwise did that mean it was never God's will for him to go to those places scripture bears out differently because he did go to Asia. He went to some of those very places at that point in time he was not allowed to go to. What wasn't the will of God for that moment didn't mean it wasn't the will of God forever. But God's will is just as important as his timing. Amen. And so while at that moment where he needed to be was Macedonia, not Bithynia, Later, he would find out, and you're reading scripture, later find out, he went to some of those very places in Asia. At that time, he was forbade. What was important? Paul, pay attention to the promptings. The word of the Lord came to him. <laughs> the word of the Lord came to him. There were prompting in his spirit. Not now, Paul, but not now doesn't mean not forever. Amen? All right. I'm wearing y'all out. Stand with me. Too much thinking going on. Oh, back to my little illustration about the whole marriage thing. So what that means is this, that whenever you get married and things start going X, Y, Z, doesn't mean, well, you know what? I must have got the wrong one, so let's try again. You know, let's try it. I've got to find the will of God for my life, you know. Wrong! <laughs> you're going to find the one that pss, satisfies the direction of God, and you're going to have trouble, but you go work through it. You go work through it. Yeah. The same, the same God that made you googly-eyed and saliva going down your lip after him or her. He's going to help you to work through the hard times. Amen. So does God have a blueprint for your life? I say it's plausible. Not in the sense that every single little detail and every step you take and every decision you make ordered, ordered, ordered by God. But that God does have a general plan. God does have a general plan and a general purpose. He gives direction and for us to make choices within the perimeters of that direction. If any of this made sense, will someone say amen? amen. All right, the rest of you listen to the podcast again. Amen, amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.